Hello, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Are You a Fan? If you like this episode or any of our previous episodes, why don't you show us a like and maybe a follow? Get us to a thousand followers, and you know, these might come out faster. Probably not. Anyway, I'd be able to read We gotta get there first. Yeah, true. Okay. <laughs> so, I am gonna be honest, I do not have a question this week, but my instincts are telling me the Joker might have something. You, you, got, you got kind of a different one than we usually do. Mm. So, you know, growing up in the, the the early years of like Sega, the early Nintendos, the what was Wars. your first game? My first When game. you started playing? Ninja Turtles on the NS. Somehow that doesn't surprise <laughs> me. Ninja Turtles... I want to say it was Ninja Turtles 2, which I think was the better one. Probably. The second ones tend to be, depending on the game. Yeah, I just know it was the best game I've ever played. I've never... It's, it's amazing. Yeah, honestly, going back to those games, some of them are better than the ones we got now. Right? What about you? Mine was... It was either... Because we had a, an SNES. It was either... One of the basketball games that my sister had, or it was Super Mario. Ah. I think it was Super Mario Bros. was the one at the time. I don't remember. If I remember correctly, uh, besides the new turtle, Super Mario Bros. 3 was a big staple in our house. Oh, yeah. I think that was a staple in everybody's house. Right? Like, that was Anything pro- that said Super Mario. <laughs> right. Super Mario 3 was like the peak. I don't know. I think six, uh, Mario 64 could fight for that. Oh, true, true, true. <laughs> When that when we came up with the ability to move in 360 degrees. That was like the first good game in that right. generation. Oh, so many rough attempts. Okay, so folks, that kind of brings us into this week. We are going to be covering Sonic the Hedgehog. Man, we're going old school up in here. Don't call us old school. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's get into it. Let's do real world. So, by 1990, the Japanese video game company, Sega, wanted a foothold in the video game console market with its 16-bit console, the Sega Genesis. Oh, Sega. Yeah, and to think that used to be one of the big ones in the console wars. I remember, like... And and nowadays, half the generation probably don't even know what the Sega is. Dude, it really kind of blows my mind, because sometimes I think about that. If Ramley hits me, I'm like... Oh my God, Sega doesn't exist. Not really. Creepy. So Sega president uh, Nakayama would decide that Sega needed a flagship series and a mascot to compete with the Nintendo's Mario franchise. Because, you know, you, you have to find a way to be able to compete with that. Fair. Nintendo had recently released Super Mario Bros. 3. Hey, we were just talking about that. <laughs> uh, at the time, it was the best-selling video game ever. Sega's strategy had been based on porting its successful arcade games to the Genesis. However, Nakayama recognized that Sega needed a star character in a game that could demonstrate the power of the Genesis hardware. So I probably should have looked this up beforehand, but like, wasn't Mar- Mortal Kombat Sega? Uh, off the top of my head, I have no idea. I mean, I feel, I, I feel like that was one of those ones I actually shared brands, because I, I remember so. having it on my Nintendo. 
So yeah, yeah never, I, know it was, I know it was definitely on Nintendo. It might have been on Sega. I, uh, we never it, had one. Well, if it was on Nintendo, that I, uh, that more answers my question because I was like, why didn't you guys use Mortal Kombat? Like that became its own thing, and then because it was one that w- may which, not have been shared or may have been shared. Yep, yep. Never mind then. <laughs> okay, an internal contest was held to determine the flagship game with a focus on the American audience. Among the teams working on the proposal were artists Neato uh, Oshima and programmer Yuji Yuji Naka. Once again, we apologize if we butcher names. Sorry. I think that was about as close as we were going to get. Yeah. I do, I don't know, I find this funny that they were like really focusing on the American thing and now nowadays we're like we gotta censor stuff so we can sell stuff in china well it's because at the time they were a japanese-based company and they realized how big the market was in america i just find the flip-flop funny <laughs> times change <laughs> yeah so the gameplay of sonic the hedgehog in 1991 originated with a tech demo created by naka who had developed an algorithm that allowed a sprite to move smoothly on a curve uh, by determining its position with a dot matrix a lot of big words. I was gonna say there's a lot of sciencey terms. It's a lot of tech understand. words that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, huh? Uh, Naka's prototype was a platform game that involved a fast-moving character rolling in a ball through a long, winding tube. Sega management accepted the duo's project, and they were uh, joined by designer uh, Yashura. I know I butchered that one, but we're gonna go with that. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try to butcher the first name. Hirokazu? I don't know. I'm not going to butcher it. All right, fair. (laughs) But you have fun with that. All right. After Yasuhara joined Naka and Oshima, their focus shifted to the protagonist, who Sega hoped could become its mascot. The protagonist was initially a rabbit able to grasp objects with prehensile ears, but the concept proved too complex for the hardware. Which honestly crazy to think that it could have been a rabbit instead of a hedgehog, right? And also a little horrifying. Like, I don't know. I'm just imagining a rabbit grabbing somebody with its ears. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not that that bad. In all honesty, it's a little weird. Yes, yeah. Horrifying. Yeah, there are horror games for that one. True. So the the team would move on to animals that could roll into a ball, and eventually would settle on Sonic. A teal hedgehog created by Oshima. I mean, I guess that is teal. Kind of. Yeah. I don't really... I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just now assuming that that's teal because I don't actually know what teal is. It's a blue, right? Yes. It's okay. A, it's, it's in the blue family, but I always thought he was blue. Maybe it's just the American versions have always been more of a blue than a teal. Mm, I could see that. <laughs> Sog's colors were chosen to match Sega's cobalt blue logo and his red and white shoes were inspired by the cover of michael jackson's 1987 album bad that's kind of cool <laughs> oh yeah kind of cool because it also um had his personality based on bill clinton's can do attitude <laughs> not sure if that's a, a person i would have based anything off of. <laughs> this was made before <laughs> things oh <laughs> well, clearly <laughs> <laughs> The adult, the adults and millennials know what we're talking about. Anybody that knows the history of Bill Clinton will know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. 
The antagonist Dr. Eggman was another character Oshima had designed for the contest. The team thought the abandoned design was excellent and redesigned it as a villain. The team took the name Sonic Team for the game's release. I do find it funny that Eggman was originally one of the concepts for the hero. I I think it'd be interesting to what he, see what he'd be like as a hero. Right? It kind of also now his round design makes even more sense considering they were trying to find something more right <laughs> round that could move around. <laughs> so Sonic's first appearance would come in Sega AM3's racing game Radmobile in 1991, <clears throat> which was five months before the release of Sonic the Hedgehog as an ornament hanging from the driver's rearview mirror. I kind of like that he's he makes a cameo before his own game. Right? It's kind of the tease of, hey, something's coming. I kind of feel like that's a bold move, too. Oh, yeah. Just so so many kids just playing that racing game, just like, who's the blue? Why is there a blue? Was that a hedgehog or a porcupine? So, according to Mark Kearney, who worked in Tokyo as an intermediate between the Japanese and American Sega offices, the American staff felt that Sonic had no appeal. Although Katz was certain that Sonic would not be popular with American children, Kelinsky, uh, Kelinsky? Oh, Kelinsky, arranged to play Sonic the Hedgehog as the pack-in game with the Genesis. Featuring speedy gameplay, Sonic the Hedgehog received the critically, uh, critical acclaim. It greatly increased the popularity of the Sega Genesis in North America, credited with helping Sega gain 65% of the market share against Nintendo. That's dang. I think it was one of those that it was something new. People were getting tired of Mario and all the Nintendo stuff at the time. I I could and easily it was a good competitor. I could easily see that. Oh yeah. I also remember when Sonic became a thing, there was always a divide of like you went over somebody's house, either they had the Nintendo or the Sega. There was rarely the rich kids had both. <laughs> it's just like, you know, just the console war nowadays yeah. is, is you had one or the other. I mean, up until more recent generations, like you had one or the other. You're lucky if you had the one. Yeah, true. I know our house, it was always a couple systems behind. Same. For the Genesis sequels between 1991 and 1995, Naka was dissatisfied with his treatment at Sega and felt he would uh, had received little credit for his involvement in their success. He would quit, but was hired by Kearney to work at the U.S.-based Sega Technical Institute, or STI, with a higher salary and more creative freedom. Uh, Yashura also decided to move to STI. STI uh, would begin work on Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in November of 1991, when it would be released in 1992. Ah, okay. Also, it's amazing how my gummies just straight up dismiss some of the creators of these things. Okay, let's go in-universe, folks. Which, I'm not going to lie, if you follow me on TikTok, you probably saw the video. This was a bit of a pain to put together. But I got it, I think. Maybe. Let's find out. Sonic games traditionally follow Sonic's efforts to stop Eggman, who schemes to obtain the Chaos Emeralds. Seven emeralds with mystical powers, which are, weirdly, very similar to Seven Emeralds, that have been in major cinemas recently. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. 
So Eggman seeks the emeralds in his quest to conquer the world and traps animals and aggressive robots and prison capsules. Lovely. It'll right. be a PETA field day. <laughs> right. Uh, because Sonic Team was inspired by the culture of the 1990s, Sonic features environmental themes. Yeah. And there it is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which, I mean, smart. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So Sonic represents nature while Eggman represents uh, machinery and the develop and the development, a play on the then growing debate between environmentalists and developers, man, I love, I love when companies are just like, Hey, we can totally bank on this. Right. And they did a lot. Oh Yeah. So, uh, the Sonic Bible, which is an internal document created by Sega of America in 1991 during the production of the original Sonic the Hedgehog game, uh, was at the time of writing, Sega of America had little to no exposure to the, uh, any original Japanese fiction relating to Sonic, and the Bible was supposed to be an attempt to establish the definitive Sonic backstory in non-Japanese regions, though it was never published. And listening to stories about this, it just sounds like a fan theory of something that might have been made it sounds like one of those like old back in the day internet myths yeah like this exists and everybody's like you're crazy steve you know, listen to you telling me about it last night i was like i don't believe any of this is real <laughs> i'm like i found pdfs but like reading them i'm like this sounds like wildly not yeah real. like this sounds like the writings of a madman in the 50s it might have been <laughs> Okay, so born. Okay, so let's get into Sonic's actual backstory here. So, born on June twenty third on Christmas Island, Sonic abandoned his home at an early age to pursue danger and adventure. As to why he did that, I could not find an explanation. Just he's a like yeah, they say. Yeah, we said we got into his backstory, but not really. Yeah, because there ain't much. <laughs> of right. I mean, I assume he just left because of his Bill Clinton can-do attitude. Later on, he would become a carefree adventurer and spend most of his life traveling around the world and far beyond, usually in his beloved tornado with his best friend Tails as his sidekick. And that's kind of all we got. There's, um, it really depends. Like the most modern canon versions are he was teleported to this dimension from another. But as far as how or why, that alters based upon the movie, the cartoon, the cartoon, or the game. Or the comic. Or, or the comic. Pretty much anything he's been in. Yeah, like, this is the most close to, like, an origin story we got for the dude. So, yeah. Let's get into powers and abilities. I mean, Shadow has more of a fleshed-out one. <laughs> okay, powers and abilities. Enhanced durability. Enhanced acrobatic skills and reflexes. Enhanced strength. Enhanced jump. Enhanced agility. Enhanced stamina. And... He's pretty decent hand-to-hand combat. I did read the thing that talks about that. It's like he's never had formal training, but he's been in enough scuffles that he's just picked it up. Which makes sense, especially with somebody like him. It's like, you're going to be in enough fights that, yeah, I can see that. And with his ability to like perceive things at a faster rate, I can see him picking up quick. Yep. And just a side note, there are other powers the further along you get, but they get real kind. Con- he turns into a werewolf in one so of the games. These are kind of just the base powers of Sonic. Yeah. I didn't really want to count the emeralds because at that point, we might as well just do an episode on the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. And then uh, the obvious one that you skipped is super speed. Did I really? 
Yeah, you went straight to the enhanced durability. Right by oh the Oh, my obvious. God. I... <laughs> That's kind of what he's all about. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I don't know how you managed that one. I derailed that. <laughs> okay, let's get into uh, Take Us Away and Other Media. So, outside the games, he actually showed up in a lot more than I was expecting. Cause so, in animation, he's got Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog in 93. ABC's Sonic the Hedgehog from 93 to 94. Which I think it was like 70-something episodes. Like, it wasn't really a short one either. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, the Sonic Christmas special in 96. <laughs> Sonic Underground in 1999. The anime uh, Sonic X that aired from 2003 to 2006. That one that I heard wasn't one bad. 70 episodes. I don't remember. One of them had 70-something episodes. But yeah, it was like, for the fact that that was the one that lasted three years, it couldn't have been that bad. Yeah, true. And there was a handful of other crossover random cartoons that he's been in. Oh, I don't doubt that. I feel like characters like him or Mario probably have a few that they've popped up in. Oh, yeah. And so in live action, though, so in 1994, there was a deal signed for a tie-in to the animated film Sonic Extreme, uh, where Sonic and Eggman would break into the real world, but was rejected in 1995. Like, they had gotten real far and everything from what I was reading. Like, they had stuff written, people planned, and something just like, nope, we're done. Honestly, given the time period, though, that makes sense. Like, right around, like, Space Jam. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, moose and squirrel like they were doing a lot of like hey let's bring animation to the real world uh, who framed roger rabbit who framed Ra- like, yeah. there's a lot that yeah it makes sense that they're like mm, let's not try this right now it yeah may not succeed probably a good call and then there was also the sonic the hedgehog that would release in 2020 after being delayed from the original release in 2019 Thanks to the internet bullying the studio to fixing his design. <laughs> the best thing that came out of that year. I we l- bullied a studio. <laughs> Which I'm glad they did because anybody who remembers that design, it's kind of haunting. See, that was more haunting than the bunny rabbit. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, 100%. I will not deny that. The teeth. And then you got Sonic the Hedgehog 2 that came out in 2022. Which actually wasn't that bad. Still need to see it. And in February 2022, Sega and Paramount would announce that they were working on a Sonic Cinematic Universe with a third movie and a Knuckles TV series in the works. And I'm excited about that, to be honest. Ooh. (laughs) I also, I do find that funny because they were, there was a big push in the comics version and that first Knuckles to have his own thing. So, oh yeah, kind of sit like nice to know that they might have a TV series about. Well, from what they said is, Aegis uh, Alba is supposed to reprise his role for that too. God, yeah. So like at least they're keeping the the voice for it, which is really cool, right? I heard he did a great job. Like I saw, oh, yeah. I saw the previews. It was spot amazing. On. So uh, into video games, I am not listing them off. So, uh, DRL, can you guess in the thirty-one years of Sonic? How many games he's been in, whether it's appearances or his games. Well, knowing we discussed before this episode that he does appear in Smash Bros. I, it's more than I would have originally probably guessed. I'm going to guess 15. Man, you were really low ball of that. 20? Try again. 30? Try again. 40? 
92. I'm sorry, what the? <laughs> in 31 years, he has appeared either in his own titled games or appearances in other games, like crossovers. He's appeared in 92 games, at least. I, I don't know if that's even accurate. That may not have been all of them. And that may include just cameo. So he may not even be a playable character, but he has been seen in 92 games. 90. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's in more games on his own than our entire group of episodes from the last two years combined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that blew my mind as I'm counting. I'm like, okay, why well, is this list going to stop going? Got to 80. I'm like, there's no way. I thought I was about to hit 100. 92? <laughs> yeah. That was a weird... No, I'm I'm upset that it's not a 5 or a 0, but... <laughs> At least it's even. True, true. But my God, that's a lot. <laughs> he has made his rounds. Like, it was almost a couple games a year minimum. So, in the future, when we do a Mario episode, I'm curious to see... Oh, I'll be counting that, too. Okay. Because I want to know which ones get the more, yeah. the more appearances. Because at this point, man, like, 92, that immediately, like, puts him at the top of the list of any character we've done as far as games. And we've done some game like, characters. Again, that puts... Like, that's combined all of our characters. Oh, yeah. That I don't think anybody even combined has come close to that. Maybe yeah. maybe our whole two year catalog might come close. Maybe, and we've done three Mortal Kombat characters, <laughs> and Doom, Doom guy, Master Doom. Chief, Kratos, Kratos. Like we've done a handful of video game characters, and none of them are near this. And even combined, I'm pretty sure they not even close. <laughs> oh man, uh, okay, that's cool, uh, awesome. Uh, wow, I just I'm. I'm a little flabbergasted on that. I was too. 30, 31 years, 92 games. It's what, like roughly three games a year? Give or take, if not more. Holy cow. Well, um, yeah. So uh, that's Sonic for you folks. And uh, uh, you, uh, you know what? You a fan? Joker? I mean, I definitely am. Not a huge one because I never grew up with Sonic because we didn't have a Sega. I knew of him. Never really played the games. Loved the movies. Those are fun. <laughs> I'm kind of the same boat. Didn't have a Sega, so I never really played any of the games. Um, but I always did enjoy him as a character and that. Like, never really got into the show by any clips I'd see. Like, he's always been kind of that, like, Woody Woodpecker type, like, shenanigans yep. character, which... If you follow us long enough, I love a shenanigans character. I mean, it's just us in another form. Exactly. So, you know what? I'm a fan, too. For anyone that's still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character before from a movie, comic, cartoon, hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time, you're a fan, too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails.